Blog Talk Radio. fight coming up this weekend. No no surprise there. Oh, what the heck was that little reverb? That was kind of weird. Devin Haney, the lineal champ, undisputed at 135, takes on Vasily Lomachenko, like I said, for all the marbles. Very interesting fight. Now, I, I can already see a lot of folks in boxing are going to be bored. Once this fight hits like the midway mark, well, actually, it'll probably be more two-way on the second half of the fight. But overall, there's going to be a lot of people that are going to be like, oh, this is boring, man. Nobody got knocked down, and nobody got their head knocked off in the third row and stuff. Um, it's going to be a skill fest. There's no doubt about that. Now, Lomachenko's a fairly active fighter. Uh, you know, as far as punches per round, I'm not saying he throws 100 punches per round, but... He generally, like I said, especially in the second half of the fight or the last two-thirds of the fight, will throw in combination, especially when he's uh, um, done downloading data. <laughs> That's another big thing that we always hear with Lomachenko. He's downloading. Lomachenko's downloading the data. And I could see that for a round or whatever, but I remember they kept saying that when he, he was uh, against Kiafimo. And it was just like, really, dude, uh, maybe maybe you haven't seen the jab to the stomach pushing him on his back foot and not being able to get close enough to land punches, you know. That, that's actually what was happening. Um, but, yeah, I anticipate that already that people are going to be like, oh, this, this is the worst undisputed fight ever and stuff like that. Um, but, yeah, I do like to call them skill fests where, the you know, it's just a, a tit for tack you know, a high-speed chess, all the cliche stuff. Uh, but it, it, it's going to be a good fight in the ring. And, and there is some interesting um, undercard bouts stylistically. Uh, Oscar Valdez and Lopez should be good. I mean, I'm not really anticipating the fight as far as I think Valdez is going to lose or something. But it should be a good fight as far as, like, a good TV fight per se, right? Um, other, We'll talk about the undercard. Because, like I said, I, I do think there is uh, – Nakatani is always a good watch. I think he'll win comfortably. 
uh, Raymond uh, uh, Mertaya. He's in the ring about, what, two months ago? He was in a tough fight for the first few rounds. He got dropped. Um, you know, he was uh, losing some rounds, able to come back. I like that they put him right back in, and, and there he's in with a good fighter. So we're going to talk all about it. Obviously, we got to start in the ring, though, last week. Yeah, we talked about how the, the main event, you know, everybody was kind of focused on the Showtime main event because Roley is, you know, I guess you could say, right, the bigger name than Janabak. Um, but both of them, I, I even did my prediction blog and I titled it uh, Meritless Main Events because there was no real merit beyond, you know, fighting and all that. But I'm saying as far as the titles, um, there was it, – it, they just weren't good title fights, you know. Obviously, um, on paper, in the ring, you know, super one-sided fight on ESPN. A lot more competitive on Showtime, right, between Barossa and Roley. But we got – well, we got – actually, I, I almost forgot. We got shitty refs in both of them. I mean, it's right there in the title now that I think about it. Uh, Tony Weeks stands out as the guy that's like, why in the fuck did you – you know, stop this fight. Were you having like, you know, thoughts of the David Morrell Jr. fight or something like that? I don't know. It was really, really strange, man. I mean, really, just a horrible stoppage. And obviously, we'll get into that. It's like, I know he's older, Barossa, he's 40, right? No doubt. But and maybe from his angle, he thought some of those punches were landing, and that's why he went off balance into the rope, and that's why he kind of had his butt on the rope a little bit. But it was like push punches. Nothing landed really clean. Uh, he pushed his head down. That's why he was up on the, on the ropes as far as, like, almost sitting on the ropes. It would have been better just to, you know, say, hey, you touched the ropes. Uh, you know, let, let, let me see you, you know walk around a little bit and give an eight count. Obviously there's no standing eight count, but yeah, I don't know, man. It just, uh, we'll get into it a little bit more, but yeah, that was bad. And then Jack Reese wouldn't stop the damn fight. You know, it's funny because I don't mind the, let's see your legs walk for me type thing. Walk to the side, walk back. I know a lot of people don't like it. I don't mind it, but if you're going to ask a fighter to do it, and then just ignore that his legs are completely gone. It's like, what the fuck did you do that for, Jack Reese, you know? So on one hand, you got to, like, stop the fucking fight, Jack Reese. And on the other ones, you know, on the other main event, it's like, what the fuck are you doing, Tony Weeks? It was, it was a bad one. It was a bad one. It overshadowed some of the undercard bouts. Obviously, uh, the, the opener on um, the Showtime fight was a great, great fight, actually. That was a fun fight. I'm not saying it's fight of the year, but it's at least top ten fight of the year. That was a good, good fight. So that it totally took away from that. Uh, so we'll talk about some of the undercard stuff and all that. Obviously, we you know we do have the Haney Lomachenko stuff to get into. Um, I'm really looking forward to this fight. Like I said, some of the fights on the undercard. We'll talk a little bit about Taylor and Cameron because they're obviously uh, fighting during the afternoon. And then we'll get into some news as well. We do have uh, the official announcement for uh, Ortiz Danilius and the ticket information. Um, so that that's cool. I'm really happy to see that came back. 
And there is, you know, other fight news. Ryan Garcia made news today, obviously, with the new trainer. We'll talk about that. Um, there was some purse bid calls. Um, one that stands out is Usyk Dubois. Dubois. Um, it's funny. I say Dubois sometimes because I had a buddy that that was his last name, and that's how we say it here, or at least in Tennessee it was. Um, and... It's going to be interesting to see how that one works. But uh, Deontay Wilder is, you know, waiting in the wings, per se. So the ruling on that's kind of interesting, although I don't know if that's going to be the fight, if, in fact, that December stuff is something that they're actually seriously talking about. I think we'll kind of know that that December stuff's not going to happen. I got to admit, if Wilder and Usyk fight this summer, bring it on. That'd be great. But I, I don't – it would start to be like, hmm, I wonder if that – you know, it, it just won't really line up in a sense uh, when it comes to that December card that they're talking about with the little mini uh, final four, I guess you could say, uh, in the heavyweight division. But, yeah, we'll talk about a variety of stuff. If this is your first time listening to the Rope and Dope Radio podcast, welcome. It streams live right here on blogtalkradio.com forward slash rope it radio you don't have to go to blog talk and rope it up and download the show directly there if you don't want to you can find here this year uh podcast on amazon music google podcast apple podcast iheart radio player fm tune in spricker stitcher and a host of other places while you're at it why don't you head on over to the grueling truth.com fill boxing side and one more thing get your tv together without the hassle of cable Stream the best entertainment and sports starting with 75 live channels, direct TV stream. Save $120 over your first year with any package as long as you buy the direct TV streaming device. There's no annual contracts, no hidden fees, plus learn how to get premium channels included for the first three months with qualifying packages. Sign up today, direct TV stream. Okay, so obviously um, – the fight started out pretty slow, right, between Roley and Barossa. Um, and like I said, we'll talk about the undercard stuff more in-depth with that good-ass fight that was on the undercard, the opener. You wish that would have been the main event, right? <laughs> um, and if you look at where these guys are at, it should have been, right? But it, it wasn't, right? Um, but, you know, Roley got dropped early in the fight. And I'm pretty sure he was saying, like, you know, Barossa, it's a million times harder than Garcia. You know, there's always this stuff, or not Garcia, but uh, Tank. There's always this stuff uh, with rivalries. Oh, no, he doesn't hit hard at all. Well, how come you you couldn't really barely get up? Um, But he did get up in this one. He was, uh, what did somebody say? I actually, well, I said ring around the rosy because I didn't want to give, at that time, it was like, Broly, what are you doing? He just... You're on your bike right now, um, but I get it when you've been dropped. But he kind of, he was kind of playing. Someone said ring around the rolly, um, because yeah, he wasn't doing much on the outside, losing the early rounds, gets dropped. Now he ended up getting back in the fight, ended up buzzing Barroso a little bit. Uh, he, I'd say, you know, I say he dropped him, but you know, it was like it was a push right hand. You know, it was like two left hooks and a push right hand. And that right hand, he, I mean, he really pushed him down uh, for the knockdown. Not to say he couldn't follow up 
Um, if it wasn't for the push knockdown, he couldn't follow up at that moment in Atlanta knockdown. Maybe he could have, but it definitely was a push knockdown. Um, and then, you know, obviously there's no point in beating around the bush. Just getting to the last part of that fight and Tony Leach stopping and everything. And, you know, one of the most difficult sports to be a referee is in boxing, obviously. But if you look at, say, basketball with the angles, um, it is tough sometimes to see everything, especially in basketball, right? And the longer you're in the league, the more veteran little crafty stuff you can do to get away with stuff um, that the ref can't see, just like in boxing in a sense anyway. So maybe the viewpoint was, you know, skewed or whatever. <laughs> and, I, and I'm bending over backwards on here just to kind of not play devil's advocate, but just kind of like try to just look at it all, put everything on the wall and see what sticks, you know. And there's just not much that sticks in this topic, to be honest with you. Like I said, you, you had some punches thrown. None of them landed cleanly. Um and the reason why, like I said, if you thought that Barossa got hit with a shot that put him into the rope, right, and he was a little off balance at that point, now he was still swinging back, but he was off balance or whatever, right? If you thought that was a punch that landed cleanly and you just didn't get the angle properly, even though you kind of weren't by the angle now that I think about it, where the punch is thrown, but it just – it's still not an excuse to, to stop the fight. Like like I said, and then he, he pushed down his head, which kind of put his ass on, like, the middle rope. Right there, maybe you could have been like, well, you touched the rope, the rope's held you up, have a knockdown, give a count, you know, take a look at the guy's eyes or something like that. And I'm not saying it was a deserved knockdown. That's definitely not what I'm saying, okay? I'm just saying anything else, then what the hell you did would have been better. And I am having a little bit of internet issues, guys, so bear with me if, if the sound's a little bit weird there for a second. I'm not quite sure what just happened. Uh, uh, it's weird. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you know, when you're seeing these punches thrown and maybe even five, six seconds worth, you could say rolling out got hit with the best shot and there was really no big shot in there but to go right to the stoppage like I said he's off balance well he's off balance because he got pushed dude you know he just got pushed he got push punched basically so yeah he was off balance but I don't know I just it was a bad stoppage man is it the worst stoppage I've ever seen no it's not the worst but I mean who gives a shit where it ranks it's just horrible you know, um, and I have seen, you know, a fair amount of people talking about, uh, you know, blaming Espinosa like you shouldn't even bought this fight or, or um, after the fact, I don't, don't want to, you know, I, I'm not going to even touch that WBA. I'm not going to do any business with the WBA and, you know, making it specific to Showtime and not holding the commission and other powers that be involved, which you know, and I understand, like, and then another sentiment was, you know, not only did Barossa get screwed in the decision of stopping the fight, right, B 
because he should have had a fighting chance to, to finish the fight if in, if in fact that's what would have happened. We don't know. But, and, and you know, now he's not, you know, like he could have fed his family even more. You know, like he could have got this win, and then whether it's a rematch or a big win or whatever, you know, you get more money coming. And that is true. And I know this is going to rustle some feathers, but if we're being honest, he had no business being in the fight either. You know, we all know Roley, why Roley was the B-side. Well, I guess he was the A-side against Pueyu, but, you know, he was the champion. We all know Pueyu just got the belt. We all know why that match. I thought it was a good matchup for Pueyu because, you know, it gets – Roley does get people's attention online. So I thought this is going to be a perfect fight for Pueyu. Let's see what else he's going to do after this, you know. Um, so I didn't – I wasn't like – happy about the fight or oh man that's gonna be a good matchup you know but i've seen worse in the main events i mean um i just i've seen worse obviously i mean we see that night we saw worse i mean that's what i'm saying about these ranking systems and and belts and all that you can say roley had no business getting that that title opportunity but if we're being honest, why the fuck was you know people say oh he was waiting for the mantle for three years or two years, why was he number one ranked, just like the WBO? Why the hell was Stephen Butler ranked number six? I mean I know that middleweight's not deep, we get it, but he's not your number six guy, you know. So and that was more a mismatch. If we're being honest, and I know people don't like to do that because they like to just focus on certain things, and. It's for being honest that that other main event was way more of a mismatch now that we've seen it in the ring. Uh, but that's not to excuse this being a main event or for a title, right? Um, and I'm talking about the Roley fight. So he shouldn't have been ranked. You could make the argument, of, or not argument, but it's straight up. up. Shouldn't have been a you know Roley in there. Shouldn't have been for a belt. But that's the whole thing. Like this is for a belt. Well, you got to stop giving a fuck about some of these belts. Now, when it lines up like this weekend or other fights, unification fights, sometimes you get a unification fight and you still know that we won't know the the real champ. I mean, we got lineal. I mean, you could say that with Haney, too. You know, if Haney and Lomachenko wins, whoever wins is the rightful lineal. But you could still make an argument he's not the best. Being number one or lineal makes you the best at the time. On paper, but we know Gervonta and Shakur is still a tough-ass challenge for Devin Haney or Lomachenko, whoever wins that fight. So my point is, it's just like we we just got to – I see a lot of people all of a sudden saying anybody that watches a Roley fight, or this was a disgrace already. Well, and if anyone watches a Roley fight again, or if anybody watched a Ryan Garcia-Roley fight, then you're part of the corruption. Well, I got news for you. Anybody watching the goddamn fight that night has blood on their hands then, if you're going to go that way. And I saw a lot of people jump into that. And they don't normally jump to this on that level, but, of course, the PBC, uh, Espinosa, Al Heyman, and all that plays into this where it's even worse. And when you're a bigger name, you're going to have worse criticism, right? Just like you're going to have over-the-top praise where you're like, ah, that doesn't make sense either, but – to act, I mean, every which way. What what were you doing watching the the main event then, um, on on ESPN? Well, I'm a boxing fan, dude. You know that's why I was watching it. 
and I don't, I'm not going to ban Janabek's next fights. Well, this fight was a disgrace mismatch, so I'm never going to watch Janabek's fights again. That's just stupid. It's just stupid. So anybody watching that fight that's now calling for boycott and saying this was the, the most embarrassing fucking thing ever in boxing, why were you watching the fight then, dude? You knew what it was. Don't play dumb now. Don't, don't you know, play like I'm going to, you know, clutch my purse all of a sudden and clutch my pearls. I think that's the old thing. Like, oh, my God, I can't believe this is happening. Dude, don't take this belt too seriously, and they're telling us not to. On the ranking systems, their behavior, their corruption. I mean, they got the super champ, the interim champ, the regular champ. We got the franchise champ, you know, introduced several years ago. It just, uh, why don't we just focus on the fuck that was in the ring and not just blame Showtime or Al? Well, how about the commission, <laughs> you know? How about, you know, what is, is there going to be some kind of discipline happening in this one? I mean, Jake Donovan asked the question um, that didn't get answered, but he asked the question, is his due diligence? But I, it just... It's just funny when people pick and choose when, what, where, how, or what we should feel, you know? This was just a bad fucking stoppage. But like I said, look at the age of some of these, these guys that are, are in there repping. I mean, it, it, it's crazy. Some of the age of these guys, just it just makes you scratch your head. Like, what the hell are they doing in the ring? Someone actually tweeted it. I was going to um, – someone tweeted a good list. Oh, here we go. Um, week 66, uh, Ortega 65, Bayless 72, Robert Bird was 80, Russell Moore 61. Uh, you know, we need some fresh blood, obviously. Um, so yeah, that was a horrible stoppage. Like I said, it, you had an excuse in there and it's not about the standing eight count because we know that doesn't exist anymore, but you could have at least been like, I'm in between, but, you know, his, his butt did touch the rope. I'll just call it a knockdown and, and, and let's see it, you know. I don't know. Like I said, maybe he was having David Morrell flashbacks in that fight. I, I'm not sure. I don't know what it was. Um, it, it just it just uh, it, it's, it's horrendous, <laughs> you know. It, it's incompetence. It's, it's a variety of things. So it was bad. It was really, really bad. Um, and I don't know if they're going to get that into a no contest or not. Um, I'm assuming that is people would, you know, apply for that and, 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 and petition for it. Um, O'Hara Davies said he's not, you know, he's not taking a step aside for anybody. So that he has to be fought. They said within 100 days, that was the ruling before. And he said there has kind of like how he put it, there has to be blood spilled for me to <laughs> give it up. But, um, yeah, we'll talk about the undercar. We'll talk about this weekend. We'll talk about a variety of stuff. But I'm going to go ahead and bring in John into the fold here and get his take on what was uh, a very lackluster, uh, you know, weekend as it was as far as the main events goes. But it just made it worse because, uh, like I said, I haven't even done a real rant on – Jack Reese not noticing, you know, asking for the guy to walk around and not noticing his legs are completely fucking gone or not giving a shit, whatever it is. Um, let's go ahead and bring in John. What's going on, John? How you doing? 
Chris, how's it going? Uh, enjoyed uh, listening to your opening and, uh, you know, agree, agree with a lot of things that you said. Um, yeah, it wasn't, wasn't overall a, a great weekend. You know, you kind of knew it going in. That's where you kind of hard to evaluate in boxing because it's a year round sport. So, uh, you know, every weekend's probably not going to be good, but, you know, I, I just agree everything you're getting at. I mean, you know, people, they say, some people, not all, some people just, hey, you know, the sport's got problems. you got to point out the negativity and, and what's not as good and what's fading with the popularity. But then you have other people who, you know, you're you're being negative. If, if you criticize, and, and I always look at it as like a lot of times when you're doing these criticisms, you're really, you're really trying to protect the fans, you know, sometimes the fighters, but, but then also the fans. Um so why why can't you criticize and point this stuff out? Um, you know, I think, uh, as you said, I, you know, which I totally agree with, let, let's get it out of the way first. Um, you know, my take on all this, might as well start out with the uh, Raleigh and Barroso. The stoppage was bad. Okay, so let's, let's start there and get that out of the way. Um, you know, I agree with everybody else it was a bad stoppage, but you're pointing out a lot of things that I've been thinking in the, you know, five days or so since then that, that I'm actually not hearing a lot of people say, um, you know, you know, there's, there's just some bad analysis out there. I mean, first of all, just exactly what you were saying about the alphabet aspect of it, which frankly has bothered me. I mean, look, you know, this was a bad stoppage. Again, I said it at the outset, I'll say it again. So we all understand that, but Barroso has been an alphabet favored guy for his whole career. I mean, this was an alphabet title, but just like you pointed out, Chris, not, not just with Roley. I mean, you know, even if we're going to recognize 17 divisions, which would include recognizing a, a 140, whether you like this guy or not, I mean, there's no doubt Josh Taylor became the champ. I mean, like, I like Regis Progre a lot as a fighter. I always have. But he's got no – I mean, if you're talking one champ of division, he's got no title claim. So God knows Raleigh Romero, Teo, and God God forbid, Peroso have no claim to be the real champ, no claim at all that this fight is for a real championship. So you've got all these people, like, getting outraged that, like, you know – Barroso, a 40-year-old guy who was favored by the alphabets, which you correctly pointed out, you know, how really the hell did he end up here either? You know, people don't like Romero, but, you know, how, how did Barroso end up here? That, that the real story about this is, is the injustice that PBC and Al Heyman, you know, screwed Barroso and it was all fixed. So let me get this straight now. Uh, Al Heyman and PBC and Espinosa got together and said, we're going to draw up this evil plot where all three judges put Barroso ahead. And in it, that, I didn't even mention that part. Er, we're, early, we're talking about early, corruption. It's like, well, shit, the judges had it, right? Right. And, and, and a lot of those rounds were close. Let's face it. I mean, again, like yeah, Romero or not, a lot of the rounds happened. were close. So we're going to have this evil plot where we're going to have all three judges score it for Barroso. And then early in the fight, when when Barroso knocks Romero into the ropes, 
we're going to make sure that Tony Weeks calls that a knockdown, but later in the fight, he's going to wait for an opening when Rowley's going to hurt Barroso and he's going to stop the fight. I, I mean, <laughs> come on. Come on. I mean, who could draft and plan such a conspiracy? And what kind of a crazy plan would that be? To get Rolly Romero a WBA plastic alphabet belt? We just saw how Tank and Ryan Garcia sold without any alphabet belt on the line, with PBC and Showtime leading the promotion. It's absurd. I mean, Look, there's, there's bad every day in baseball, in football, in basketball. And look, when they've added replays, even though I don't like how much time it takes, but look at how many times we do see on replay where the referee blew the call. Wasn't corruption, wasn't planned. The referee blew the call. We're at a point in boxing where we don't have replay for whether a fight's going to be stopped or not, okay? So when the referee makes that decision, it's over. I mean – it was a bad stoppage, but, you know, people are saying, and I know you said it too, Chris, but really even incompetence might be too strong of a, of a, of a word. I mean, Meeks has been around a long time. I'm even not crazy about the ageism argument. I mean, a lot of right. these guys That's are older, true. but my point is there's bad calls. I mean, there's bad calls in every sport, and a lot of them now are, are discovered by replay. So, and I'm not advocating Things are slow as it is and controversial, like that we're going to have the you know replay to see if the fight should have been stopped and then have the guy go on when you got head trauma involved and everything. I'm not advocating that, but the point is, look how many calls get overturned by replay, and you just see in baseball, oh, ref missed that one, or that really was a um, – missed that one. That was really a homer. You know, I mean, so it's humans. There's going to be mistakes made. I think – it was something that simple that people are getting all crazy about. And like you said, people that hate PBC and people have agendas, you know, in, in that sense, it's just a bad call. It's not that controversial. I mean, Steven Espinosa is often very logical. I mean, you know, he is a lawyer. doesn't mean lawyers know everything, but he just said, tweet out afterwards. It was a bad stoppage. I mean, right. so that was part of the conspiracy too, that then Espinosa was going to tweet out. Yeah, this was a bad, this was a bad stoppage. Right. I mean, it's just it's just absurd the conspiracy, and you know, you can have conspiracy. Yeah, wouldn't they and, want Roley to score a, like a third round highlight reel knockout if they were going to plan it? Yeah, or or wouldn't you just stop it right as soon as he knocked? You know, because he heard him before the, what called the knockdown, and then it was like a right. push when he went. Through. I agree with that too, but. But he did hurt him before that. I mean, you know, people aren't talking about that. I mean, he hurt him. So there's no doubt. Now, I have fights where I feel sure of this. Like, in this one, do I feel sure Roley would have stopped him? But do I think Roley would have stopped him? I, I do. <laughs> uh, not that it should have been at the time of this stoppage, and I'm not saying it was going to be that round, but I think he would have. I think when he asked his corner, he was seeing the fight better than his corner at that point, which his corner was terrible. You recall right before he picked it up and, and got the scored knockdown, but he did hurt him, he, in his corner, said how many rounds I got left. He said it on his own. I think he knew the, the fight was going crap for him. He's better than that, and that he better open up. Now, his accuracy was still bad. Um, you know, it was a poor performance by him. He was boxing, like you pointed out, uh, when he shouldn't have been and some others did. That was really a lot of the problem in the fight. He got hurt when they called it a knockdown, but 
you know, was he hurt real bad? And, you know, it was like a falling into the ropes type of thing. Not really to me. Um, you know, I think he, I, this is not one I feel certain, like, I think way back in like, you know, Chavez Randall two when Chavez quit in there, it's right on the replay. He wanted the fight stopped when he got cut. Um, Rand, I think Randall was going to take him out. You know, I mean, that's one I felt certain about. I mean, you're going back decades, but you know, there are ones where it happens where I'm like, yeah, he was going to take him out anyway. And I feel certain this one, I didn't feel certain, but like if, if I, if I had to place a bet at that point, was Roley going to take him out in that fight from that point on? And I'm, and I'm with you, and I'm with everybody else in the replay when it was stopped. Barroso landed a couple of good shots back, but he's 40 years old. He had just gotten hurt. Um, you know, he didn't – I don't. I, and I'm not that big believer that you have to, but he didn't protest it right when it happened. You know, you see his corner yelling, but he he didn't have much to say. He, he looked okay to be out of there at that moment. So, um, you know, the guy's 40. I mean, and, that, and that's another issue we've got here. I mean, you got a 40-year-old 140-pounder in there. I mean, that's, that's ancient for that weight. Um, even though the guy was effective in the fight, I mean, and I could see him ahead. I think it was a, you know, I think there were some rounds that could have gone either way, but don't, no argument with him being ahead. Um, but still, 40-year-old 140-pounder, you know, do we really want to be yelling and screaming? Again, this was a bad stoppage, but do we want to be yelling and screaming about fights with 40-year-old 140-pounders getting stopped too quick? Whole, whole different issue, but, you know, you, you got you to gotta be careful. That's, that's, a, that's a slippery slope, too. So I'm with everybody else. It was a bad stoppage. Roley looked bad. I'm with everybody else there. Um, but – there, there's a lot going on there that, that's not being pointed out. And there, there's just a lot of bad arguments being made out there that really are kind of off the track. I think they actually do miss the point, the, the crazy conspiracies and things like that. It makes no sense. Barroso up on three cards. So on this one, they just, you know, they just paid weeks, and they, and they had him waiting for this moment. Now, you call a knockdown on Raleigh, and you let Barroso go down and and don't stop it there when you call it a knockdown, but then, then you stop it after that. I mean, come on, come on. You know, it, it just, it's, it's just, it's just silly. It's silly. So sure. We, you, you never want refs to miss calls and everything, but this, this Barroso tragedy, I mean, for this alphabet belt that really shouldn't even be out there. I mean, if the sport was, was functioning marginally, like it should be, this wouldn't be for any belt. Taylor would, would still be the champ, you know, just the, the champ recognized by everybody. So it's just part of the current absurdities of boxing. And I think that probably sums up my take on the, uh, the Raleigh Barroso uh, fiasco. Yeah. Um, it, it's, it, it really struck me like, you know, Acting like Barroso's been just screwed out of his, you know, it's like, dude, he shouldn't even got this fight either, man. You know, we can't. He's been, he been a favored guy. He's he been favored by the WBA for years, you know, for years. So, yeah. you know, I, I mean, you know, it's, it's all out. It's what you pointed out. You were absolutely right at the outset of the show. Just it, it's, it's, it's alphabet nonsense, and that's what's getting really – you're right, and people pick and choose when they do it, but, like, I don't care who you are. I mean, 
I'm going to say it because it's just true, and, and I don't like when I see writers selling out on this type of thing, which you see more nowadays than ever. I mean, like, if you're going to try to, to, to talk about this sport and make any sense based on alphabet stuff, I mean, that, that's long gone. I mean, you can't, you, you can't do it. I mean, it's the, the, that is where you got the corruption and the ratings, like you pointed out, that make no sense. I mean, we can segue into the other main event. I mean, this one, no hindsight by me, I tweeted out, one or two pushbacks on it, you know, Butler, Amin Kulala, you know, Jenna Beck, complete mismatch. I mean, you know, going in, I mean, not, not like after the fact. And, you know, look, Butler's a pro fighter. I respect all the fighters. You know, we always have to have that understanding. I mean, you don't want to have to keep saying it every week. You respect everybody, you know, the risks they take. But you saw Stephen Butler coming out like boxing, like, like there was no way in hell no way in hell he was going to outbox. Yeah, once Jenna. they lined up, it was like, yeah, this is over. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, he did. He was just look it, it, within the realm of boxing. I mean, he was he was scared and didn't want to be there. I mean, you know, you want to get paid, and I understand that, but um, you know, look that you could just see that. I mean, so you know, he he wasn't going to box like like you know, Chris. My standard always is with with fighters when you evaluate this stuff. Again understanding for any fighter there's got to be courage getting in there but you know when you see these fighters with based on what their skill set is and who they're fighting you know you know fighting in a fight where you know there's no possible way they can win the way they're fighting then then what's going on there you know it's survival it's survival mode you know i mean it could be fighters that box where they have no chance boxing or they just won't pick up the pace because they don't want to expose themselves. You know, they know they're losing rounds and they're not punchers, things like that. This was, you saw Butler try yeah. to box, right? That you're like, this guy, this guy is not even going in there with ha- having any belief he, he, he can win the fight. Um, and he got blown out, you know, overall, you know, he has performances here and there. He doesn't look as good, but, I am of a believer that Janabex probably is more boogeyman than he's not boogeyman. I mean, you know, he's got McGirt, he's got the amateur pedigree, you know, he can box, his punching power is improved, and it doesn't mean he's invincible or anything like that. But, you know, I think like him, David Morrell, and, you know, even a lot of people don't like him. I think for years, like Andre, a lot of people don't want to get in. You know, these are guys people really don't want to get in there with. I mean, I agree that a fighter for enough money, any fighter is going to take the fight. You know, I mean, that's their, that's their job and they are fighters, but that's what you got to say about those types of guys. Like they're they're not going to, they're, it's going to take a lot of money to get people in with those guys. Uh, You know, I think he's one of them. There's not that many in the sport, but, but the, I think he's in with that group, you know, him and Morrell are two guys that really come to mind for me right now. Like it's, it's just going to take a lot of money for PBC or top rank to pay people to get in with these guys. So, uh, but that was a total mismatch. Um, you know, I thought Malone. Well, to your I, point, I, real quick, to your point, uh, Janabek made 300000 that night as far as reported purse, and Stephen Butler was paid 75000 So, <laughs> you know, I, I'm not, you know, I don't know how many guys are going to take even 150 per se uh, that are going to be, guys that we really want to see in the ring because their minimums are way more than that, you know, yeah, Charlo, Golovkin, right. you know, so it's, it's, that's kind of the, like, 
I think he didn't play with his food this time, and he did look really good, and it looked pretty well. Clearly, looked explosive, right? And fast, and he did have a good performance, considering you know taking out Butler. Like you said, we respect him, but he's had some okay performance. Whatever that happens to most fighters. Um, I'm not a big fan of the boogeyman thing, um, but it, it it just comes down to money, and especially if we're talking about minimums, you know. Uh, Munguia, you know, he, he's not going to fight for 300000 either. You know his minimum's higher than that. So it's just not even going to happen. Um, so that, they're, they're stuck between a, a rock and a hard place. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a catch-22 type thing. We see it a lot. But I did want to talk about what you were just about to say, the Maloney and the Astrolabio, and then obviously the uh, Akhmadov and uh, Kenneth Sims fights. Uh, because at least we got some something going on with those, you know. Yeah, well, I'll talk about the good first, then. You know, the the Akhmadov and Sims. I'm with everybody else. Great, great fight. Um, and and you know, Akhmadov. I I don't like. I thought he got edged by Barrios. Um, I did think he won that playoff fight. I I thought I thought he won that one. Um, you know, but there was a case for him in the Barrios fight, and. Um, you know, this one, I thought Sims won it. You know, I thought Sims edged it. But it's it's not a stretch for him when he says, hey, I, I think I should be undefeated. Like, it's it's not just a fighter talking. It's not crazy. But Sims, like, he, he did what he said. You know, he, he wasn't really, like, before the fight, but he said he wanted to go in and, you know, sh- show he could stand and fight if he needed to. And, uh, you know, the, the guy really did it. I mean, the guy, had, he had big amateur pedigree. But, you know, he picked up losses, and, uh, you know, he had a great win over, um, you know, Rodriguez, Elvis Rodriguez, a big upset win. And, uh, you know, this is right there then with that. I mean, another great performance. You know, I was wondering, you know, he had the Rodriguez, but then, you know, people are saying, well, it's kind of like the Oshaki Foster. I was wondering, is it, is he going to pull that? But, yeah, he, he, he has pulled it now. I mean, you know, those are those are two impressive wins, the way he easily handled Elvis Rodriguez and made him look bad. And Rodriguez has looked pretty good since. And then, uh, you know, just just standing there a lot with Akhmadov, because we already know Sims can box, and doing it effectively. I mean, he looks strong. Um, you know, he's still got the skills, but he, he looked good there just, just standing and battling. And, uh, you know, he, he, he put him – he put himself on the radar screen. Um, so he has definitely revived his career, you know, because he is a guy that did have that good amateur pedigree. And, and uh, you know, he, he picked up losses that were unexpected, but he, he's, he's all the way back. And very good fight, very impressive performance. Um, like you said, too, what, you know, in terms of the quality of fight, would have been a better main event. But I'm not going to back off on – you know, just because of that really good fight, that, that, that this wasn't a premium. This Showtime card wasn't worthy of premium cable. Um, right, sure, that yeah, was a great yeah. fight, but you know, people people weren't. You can't rely you know, on just the undercard to be a good matchup. Right. I mean, you know, even though it was like, you know, you know, we got to start looking at this stuff though in boxing because you know fans are being asked to overpay. Like, you know. You're not you're not getting your premium. You know, if you're just on Showtime for boxing, you know, which there there definitely are people who all, still are even at this stage, or they wouldn't do it, frankly. Um, 
you know, you're, you're not paying your right. premium cable for a headliner of Sims Akhmadov. Now, it ended up being a great fight. We didn't know it was going to be But to in, your point, I, you're right. Even if they'd call yeah. it for a title or an interim or whatever the hell, vacant. Exactly. That's what I'm just trying to say. Like, like we're, it's, it's really all the levels are being scaled down. And it's, it's not – it goes back to, like, the 2015 when I think PBC – did what needed to be done when they started out with their venture and then top ranks shortly after followed suit and, you know, got an ESPN deal. Like that was, you know, and even Aram did say at that point, you know, he was following PBC, but he said, yeah, I do recall him saying something and it was correct. Like, look, we, we don't even have anybody that can draw on a pay-per-view now. You know, we, we got to get these guys out there and, you know, build some people up. And, you know, PBC obviously had, had that as part of their part of their plan. Um, but, you know, it's, it's just gone back to now where we were at the 2015 or so, um, really where we stand today. It, it slipped back to that. And I think you've got to bring that out because even if there's good fights here and there, it's, it's not sustainable. It's not sustainable for the sport. I mean, it, it, the popularity will just keep – just keep dropping, dropping, and dropping. Um, so, you know, I think I think that's kind of kind of where we're at. That's why I was kind of pointing out these, like, you know, it was a bad main event on ESPN, and that Showtime card really shouldn't have been a premium cable type of card. It, you know, th- th- that's the type of card that should be on regular TV. Um, so, or yeah, like that, that special edition. Remember, every once in a while they do a Showtime special edition. It's not Showbox. But it's not championship boxing, you know. Uh, yeah. But you're right. It, it just, uh, it just, it is what it is, you know. Yeah. It's just so. You know, too bad there. Um, you know, and then you, you had Maloney. I mean, you know, that that was, that was okay. But you know, you know, Astro Lobio. I mean, you know, he got that that Rigandau upset win. But you know, you know, Rigandau was old and. You know that that division is kind of kind of thin and dead. Some people try to justify it, but you know it, it is and it has been. And I, I guess what I'm saying is, you know, like Maloney, he, you know, he won the fight, he picked up a win, but Nacho Obio, he had some losses too. I mean, you know, they, they were talking about like like he was Ernie Shavers in there or something like that, you know. And and I, and I, I have to point that out in, in a lot of fights. Like I always chuckle. I mean, like you know, the, the guy the guy had a lot of losses. I mean. You know, Maloney was, you know, he's jabbing a box. And I, I actually didn't think, again, like we keep saying, because this is important, an important theme, let's forget about the alphabet stuff, you know. Um, was that a, you know, was that a great performance by Maloney like some people were talking? I didn't think so. I thought it was okay. You know, I, I, I didn't I didn't think it was, uh, I didn't think it was a spectacular performance by any means. I thought the fight was okay. So, you know, that, that to me some people were, were overrating that a bit. Yeah, I agree. I, I thought he was – he talked about, you know, some sort of injury he had in the third or fourth round. But, yeah, I didn't – I thought he won, but it wasn't, uh, you know, it wasn't all that great. Um, any other items before we get to uh, Haney and Lomachenko? Uh, the that just since you had kind of teased it, I, I just then picked it up right before coming on, but it is big news, surprising news. I mean, you know, Ryan Garcia apparently going with Derek James. I mean, certainly surprised me. I'm sure it surprised a lot of people. Yeah, I agree with what people are saying. 
Drew's got to be dedicated and things like that. We know that, but it's a it's a pretty impressive move, I think. Um, a, a surprising move. So it, you know, if he sticks with it, you know, I think everybody thought maybe he'd go back, try to go back to Reynoso or something. like stays with it. You know, he he's got he's got ability. He's got talent. He's young. You know, he's got amateur pedigree. So he's got one loss to tank. You know, a top guy. I mean, this is a very interesting move, I think. Yeah, I do too. And you know, we heard about we've heard this before, but then we definitely got it with the Goosen for sure. Now that the only time he was in the gym, as far as on location was for sparring three times a week. Otherwise, he did his training at home in his home gym. Now, Goosen was there. It wasn't Nonito Donaire and Robert Garcia talking on the phone about shit, and that's how they were training. I remember that for a short amount of time was was happening because I think, uh, you know, the Bay Area is where, uh, where Nonito's from. But to go all the way to Texas and then be there for two months, you know, I think that actually does make a difference. You could talk about, you know, uh, the heat being a little bit different uh, as far as the humidity. That could help, uh, you know, just just minorly. But I do I do think changing states and, and being in camp all the way, 100% focused, not training at your house, um, it, I think that, that, that will make a difference in, in – yeah, we'll see. Obviously, it's up to the fighter to take it all in, right? Um, but, yeah, I, I think it's an interesting one. I, I do. We've seen, uh, you know, we've seen uh, Derek James develop somebody. We've seen him uh, have Charlo, you know, bring out things about Jermel Charlo that we didn't know quite was, was there and really bring him out as far as knockout power and, and how he goes about his game plan. Um and, you know, we've seen little minor improvements so far uh, with Frank Martin. So, yeah, it, it, I think it is. I think it definitely is. Um, so, Devin Haney, Vasily Lomachenko, you know, a lot of people talking about high-speed chess or a chess match. Um, I like to call it a skills fest. Um, it's going to be, you know, obviously we did see Tiafima Lopez in the early goings, the first probably six rounds or so, um, use that, his jab, especially to the stomach, and just kind of push Loma on his back foot, which is not an overwhelming strength for Lomachenko, surprisingly enough. Not to say he can't bounce on the, or, you know, box on the outside, because he can, but he is much better at range and also up close, using those angles, using that, not just quality footwork and fancy footwork, which a, a lot of people like to talk about, but that foot speed and, and getting on the outside with the foot placement, that's going to be big, you know, orthodox, unorthodox, no matter what. And both fighters are pretty good at that. Um, and then the inside game. Um, we know less where Lomachenko likes to be. We've heard Devin Haney bringing up, dirty tactics and dirty fighter and stuff like that, which I don't agree with. I think it's more craftsmanship and hitting with one hand free and whatnot and, and, and doing what you got to do. And we have seen when, you know, the fight gets inside other than um, a clinch and really like a full on hold, not, not necessarily a clinch and turn or something like that, which I do think 
Devin should use turn more than just the, the bear hug or the hole type thing. Or when the fighter's up close, a lot of times he does go into kind of earmuff, high guard shield, not looking to land anything back, just to look, you know, looking to protect. He doesn't really have a great inside game that he's shown. You know, he, he really hasn't. Now, the length, that jab um, by Haney, you know, that's going to take some time to get, you know, inside and get close range for Loma. Um, I talked about it earlier how, you know, the downloading data, you know, Loma can't, um, which I think is pretty funny, besides that one round or whatever. But, you know, Loma's definitely got to start faster. There's a variety of things. Um, Loma isn't like the busiest dude, but he can, you know, rapid fire combinations, uh, get in and out or use angles around him. It's, it's going to be interesting because Loma has this unconventional style, but there are some times, especially if you get him on his back foot, like I said, that he does make some fundam basic fundamental mistakes with his footwork too. So this is an interesting one. Um, thoughts uh, heading into this uh you know what what's going to turn out to a big fight just off of uh the lineal uh status up for grabs this weekend yeah i i feel like we've become like kind of desensitized or like you know you know it's been worn down where just what you said is true i mean this is for the real lightweight title not even just because of the four alphabet belts just you know there's there's no doubt you know, Haney became the real champ. Uh, you know, Lomachenko, of course, you know, at this point, a, a top contender. But, you know, and it's in one of the traditional eight divisions. So that, that's what I like. But I, I just feel like, I mean, you know, people know it's a big fight. It's a good fight. But, you know, even that part's being kind of lost from it. I, I'm, I'm a person that probably cares about those things as much or more than anybody. And I find I'm even worn down a little. Like, in other words, I know it's a big fight. I feel like it's a big fight, and it is for the lineal lightweight title and, you know, one of the traditional divisions. So you go back to, you know, all all the greats that have held the, you know, lightweight championship, like, you know, you know Henry Armstrong and Graham and, you know, throughout history, you know, Ike, Ike Williams, all these guys. So that's, it's great historically. But, you know, I feel like we're almost losing that part. You get so worn down by everything. But, you know, real, you know, real, real intriguing fight. Not, not, automa- not necessarily going to be a good fight. I, I do see one scenario where it could be a good fight. Um, the scenario Lomachenko is going to have to use to win, I think, um, where, you know, look, Lomachenko's he he wants everything to be too perfect before he throws. He's got a punch volume problem. I mean, if you watch this guy throughout his whole career, can't deny that anymore. I mean, you know, punch stats back it up to, you know, the guy, you know, he's very accurate with what he throws. He wants everything to be perfect, but he's, he's had a punch volume problem. Now to his credit, as, as he's been a pro longer, I've mentioned this before about him. um, He's gotten a lot better, at least, in part of like a pro type style where as the fight goes on, you know, he'll open up with power shots more and and throw some body shots. And he's gotten some stoppages like that. Um, You know, really most importantly for him, like with Linares, the fight was just about even and he'd been dropped. um, And he took him out with a body shot later on. Some of even the lesser opposition he's fought. 
when he was adjusting to the pro game. You know, the fights were kind of dull, but he opened up late. Um, you saw him try to do it against Tiafimo Lopez after doing nothing the first half of the fight, absolutely nothing, um, which everybody has to be alarmed about if you're going to be realistic. Um, tried to pick it up late, um, was kind of doing all right with it, but then Lopez shut him down in the 12th with it. You know, Lopez, a younger guy who had skills. Um, you know, all, all this stuff not good for Lomachenko to me going into the Haney fight. Um, I don't necessarily believe this, but, you know, if you look at it just with the logic, I mean that, you know, Cambosos has a win over Tiafimo Lopez where he, he dropped Tiafimo. Now, he got dropped late, but he did drop him. And, you know, everybody agrees he deserved the decision, even though Lopez tightened it up the end. Uh, so if you look at that, as that makes Cambosos better than, than Tiafimo Lopez. Um, if you're a person that looks at it that way, I mean, you know, Haney just beat Cambosos twice. Cambosos is better than anybody on that logic that Lomachenko's fought for a long time. Because, you know, you got to go back a ways. He lost to Teofimo Lopez, and Cambosos beat Lopez. So, you know, you know, he fought guys like Nakatani, who's not skilled. Um, you know, Comey, who's not a skilled guy. Um, and then he had all kinds of problems with Jermaine Ortiz. Um, really a very close fight. Um, and, you know, Ortiz, a younger guy who's got some skills. Um, you know, I, I feel comfortable, you know, picking Haney in this fight because I just think with Lomachenko's low volume and Haney's youth, I mean, you know, one guy's 35, the other guy's 24. People are getting into all these complications. Um, you got to look at that. And, and, you know, they're making other excuses for Lomachenko and stuff. But, you know, one that's legit, you know, for any fighter. I mean, the guy's 30, he's a 35-year-old lightweight now, you know. I mean, you know, Devin Haney, you know, with his amateur background, turning pro very young, I mean, you know, 24, I mean, he's he's probably hitting the prime now. So, you know, he hasn't proven to be a big puncher. Um, but, you know, you know, he had no problems with Cambosos, and he went to Australia twice. That That's impressive. Um, he's got good size for the weight. Um, he's got the skills. He's got the pedigree. Um, you know, Lomachenko knows what he's doing in there. But, you know, I just don't think he, he won't, he's not going to throw enough early. And I think Haney will be winning rounds. And then I think he'll do the, the thing, trying to pick it up a bit. But, you know, unless he just, like, catches Haney with a, with a, with a big body shot uh, or, a, or a big shot, he, he's generally not that and a puncher. He's proven to be a solid pro puncher, but you know, like, like look for example, like even though you're putting her on, like you know, a guy like Luke Campbell, who Lomachenko should have stopped. He put a lot of hurt on him. You know, Campbell was going survival mode late, but we didn't stop the guy. Um, I, I, and you know, it's years later now to, to think that he's a stop painting. I think he does need to do that to win it, even though he's a skilled guy, but he's 35 and he's low volume. So I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think it's going to happen. Um, so I think Haney, when, you know, solidly wins a decision in this fight. He, he's going to have the size and the skill on the youth. I think keep that fight where he wants, like you described, Chris, you know, you know with the jab, following up with the right hand. You know, he's got the skill and the defense. You know, he can keep that range. And 
I think he will be hitting Lomachenko some where Lomachenko won't be hitting him. And I don't even think Lomachenko is going to open up much early. And then, you know, for Lomachenko to have to rely on the second half of the fight trying to gain a stoppage, I think that's, that's asking too much. He's going to be asking too much from, from himself in the way he fights. And, you know, I, I think Kate Haney wins it. And unless Lomachenko is rallying when he's really hurting Haney, you know, I, that's a scenario where I think it could be exciting, and Haney's got to hang out, and Lomachenko's, you know, the small guy trying to move in for a stop and just get exciting late. But I don't, I don't think probably Haney's going to get into that kind of distress. Um, I think Lomachenko's going to try to do that, but he's not going to be able to. I, I'm leaning towards this is not going to be a thriller. Uh, it's a scenario where it could get good, but... Uh, with with Lomachenko's low volume, and look, he's a class boxer. I mean, you know, there's times we wanted him for entertainment to punch more. I'd hope for that, you know, power. He's just not doing it. Um, you know, could have, could have tried to, you know, more to get Cambosis out of there. You know, he didn't do it. He hasn't done it with other sure guys, too. So I, I don't think we can count on that uh, from him. So, um, you know. It's a $60 pay-per-view, a very significant fight in the sport, no doubt about it, very interesting. Definitely a good fight, two guys you want to see fight. But with that said, again, when you look at just pure plain old box marketing, you know, another pay-per-view out there um, when you got a lot of people now that are subscribing already for ESPN+. Plus, is this going to be a great fight? Probably not. I do see one scenario that could be real good. One likely scenario, I should say, because all kinds of things can happen. But like where Lomachenko has got to pick it up, and maybe he does start hurting him, and Haney's trying to hang on his head on the cards. You know, that that could be exciting. Um, that's a, a scenario that could happen. But I think more likely Haney not getting in trouble, just boxing him. Lomachenko not throwing enough is what we're going to get in this fight. So you got Haney by decision then? No Haney decision. This one, I do feel I just feel comfortable straight out making a pick and saying I, I just feel strong the Haney decision in this one. There you have it. I appreciate you uh, for making time. Um, you have yourself a good weekend, sir. For having me always, and enjoy the fight. Sounds good. Thanks. Take care. Yep. Take it easy. All right. Um, if anybody that is on right now wants to press one to join in, that's cool. Otherwise, six four six three eight one four nine nine zero is the number to dial if you want to listen to uh, past twenty eight. It's like twenty nine minutes right now until well, actually a little over twenty eight uh, minutes until the live stream goes. We're not going to go too deep. That Laker, Laker uh, Nuggets game is starting here in about 40 minutes or something like that. But just kind of breaking down, um, well, I'll start kind of lingering in this Haney stuff, and then I will go back and, and, and give my takes on, on some of that undercard fight action and whatnot, and then we'll get to fight news and whatnot. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of interesting because we talk about the jab, right? Uh, you know, that's like – a great best weapons uh, for Haney, right? Um, you know, but he, he did, if you look at the Diaz fight, it's funny because in some parts of that fight early on, he was using his jab, he was backing Diaz up, kind of what you think he needed to do here. Um, 
But then he kind of let it go. And in, even though he threw, let's see, I'm looking at it right now, he threw 211 compared to 176 as far as jabs. Um, he didn't land any to the body, although I'm not sure if that's, you know, body punches are kind of weirdly, you know, calculated. Uh, but usually a jab to the body, you could see it more or whatever. They, I don't know if they count that more, but 27 to 10. So he threw, you know, like uh, over 30 more than Diaz, but Diaz actually landed 27 to 10, um, and, and nine of those were to the body. So, you know, you're thinking, well, shit, Diaz took away his jab. You know, now Diaz is a bigger guy at the weight, and he is um, – a different type of come forward fighter than Lomachenko. But then like, you know, John just said in his last fight and in some other fights, um, you know, Loma has been, been, you know, been hit clean. Neither of these guys are elite level defensive guys. <clears throat> They're just not. Um, there's not many in the sport. It, it's not ripping anybody. It just, it is what it is. You know what I mean? It is what it is. It's it just there's just not many, like I said, in the sport. And, and I think this is a big, big moment. Um, well, for both fighters, obviously, considering what um, you know, I, you know, what's at stake. But man, like defensively, I really want to see how he holds up in, in that inside game, like I mentioned for Haney. Um, but yeah, just that length. I mean, it's it's a sizable length, um, whether he's going to stay just on the outside of the pocket, keep it in the middle of the ring, Haney, or, or be on his back foot, which I think he could do uh, fairly well. Um, I don't know. I, I just think, you know, in a fight like this, it, Loma likes to throw his jab, too, or set it up a little bit. And, and, and occupying that lead hand, you know, is something that you can actually – both guys can do it, but both guys sometimes get their lead hand occupied, you know? So that's going to be the, the lead hand, right, occupying that, but also, like many people are saying, is that that foot possession, who gets to the outside and who continues to do that, especially with the orthodox and whatnot, orthodox southpaw. We know southpaw, you know, um, if you can land the jab right hand, that's great. But sometimes the jab is tough to land. Um, and yeah, once once Lone was able to get on the inside, you know he's got to fight effectively. And Ken Haney, like I was saying, fight effectively instead of those almost like tackle. And I'm not talking about just when he's hurt, like he showed against Lenares. A lot of people are pointing that out. You know how Lenares uh, was shook up, but Lenares, a lot of people pointed out this week on boxing Twitter that, well, you know, Loma got dropped by Linares. So, I mean, you know, you got, sometimes you, you, you got dropped, but also Haney's legs are wobbling, whatever. My point is I didn't like the behavior of the amount, the excess holding where he wasn't even, it, it was just what if sometimes he was going for that long distance hug, hold where he could have got hit. He could have got clipped. I don't, I think it's smart to hold sometimes. I know that's sacrilegious to some people, but it's very smart. I don't think the amount of holding he did in that Lenares fight is uh, all that smart. And it's like, man, it took you that long to recruit or what, you know, but 
when he got Buzz Diaz, he didn't do that. Now, some people will say, well, he wasn't as hurt. Okay, either way, he didn't do, do that. So I thought there was some growth there. I definitely thought there was growth there. Um, the jab thing, like I mentioned earlier, does kind of, it does kind of, you know, it, 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 man, it's like, man, if, if, you're, if, if Diaz was able to take your jab away that much to that extreme, that's pretty interesting. Uh, I wonder if Loma can, you know. Um, but another thing about defense, because like I said, you know, Loma's been hit plenty, cleanly. Like I said, his last fight, he got hit just way too many times. And maybe he is slowing down a little bit due to his age. I don't know. But Devin getting hit with left hands, which obviously plays right into the left hand um, of a guy like Lomachenko. Devin get hit by the left hands, but, like, once again, in that Diaz fight, getting hit with the, the same punch or similar punches repeatedly. That's what kind of threw me off, and that's where, like I said, that shell defense, or he does a good job of keeping the one-hand guard up, like the telephone thing, but sometimes it's like it's like he's just embracing for a shot, and he's not really uh, – and sometimes you do that, but it doesn't seem like he can counter off that, and, and I'd like to see him be able to do that rather than just show up or hold. And if you are going to hold beyond being hurt or whatever, like I said, if he can clinch slightly and turn Loma, because you can already do that with your footwork in the outside leverage and whatnot. Um, but, yeah, another thing is beyond the jab, what are we going to see from from Haney? Are we going to see a left hook? Are we going to see a straight right hand? Are we going to see body work? I mean, we've seen, you know, Linares uh, – oh, actually, Campbell. I think Campbell is the one who hurt um, – if I remember correctly, yeah, I think it was a left hand. But either way, Campbell really hurt, you know, hurt um, Lomachenko to the body. So will we get more body punching? Now, obviously, I'm not saying shoot shine to the body because you know both these guys for either guy because both these guys are really uh, fast and they can counter and stuff like that. But I do want to kind of see both fluid guys. I I want to see who gets you know the clean punches and. Haney's going to have to do more than just jab. We've seen, like I said, the jab left hook. Um, we know these rapid-fire two-punch combos from Loma, when he's feeling it, can happen. Can we get some two-punch combinations from Haney? You know? Um, that That's going to be interesting, man. That's going to be interesting. Um, but I am picking Haney. I think uh, just that length. You know, the fundamentals. Um, in the Like, compared to the first fight with Cambosas in, in the second fight, it was mostly the jab. I didn't think it was just the jab in the second fight that won him the fight. We did see the left hook. We did start to see some combination, like two-punch combination, where you're like, okay. We know he's capable, but it's not that. It just, yeah, sometimes why bring out a bunch of your game if you don't need to, if you're winning the rounds cleanly, which he did. I mean, how many rounds did Cambosas win in those two rounds? I'm not saying one or two, but, you know, or in those two uh, fights, I should say, 24 rounds. But I, I am going to go Haney. I think it'll be like anywhere from like eight to four, 
maybe seven to five. I'm guessing like nine to three is 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 max. I think it'll be seven five, eight to four. I'm seeing a lot of these scorecards actually lately, people playing right around here. Um, and I'm picking majority decision just because if it's tight, you know, it is what it is. I, I'm picking Haney on the majority decision. Um, but I, I, I think it's, I'm looking forward to this fight for a different reason. Um, you know, I, I actually just got a message not long ago. John talked about how this shouldn't be on pay-per-view. It is what it is. You know, it is what it is. It's not a bad fight though. You know, now just because it's not some sort of brawl, neither of these guys have been on pay-per-view yet. So, you know, is it a pay-per-view worthy fight? Well, based off, you know, the last five to ten years of, uh, of pay-per-views, and we did that pay-per-view special where we even bring it back to the 90s, and you kind of forget some fights that were on pay-per-view. This is a top-level fight. No matter where you rank these guys, they're both in the top five. So it's quality there, and like I said, I think there is uh, plenty to like uh, on the undercard as well. I'm looking forward to some of the stuff on There's one fight that really stands out. But, um, yeah, overall, I know Bob Arum, maybe the last year and change, talked about how they were going to keep this off pay-per-view. But it just, you know, it is what it is. It it is what it is, man. You know, sometimes uh, that just works. Now, as far as the advertising, marketing, I think they've done a good job on social media to an extent. Um, haven't seen a commercial run, um, hopefully Friday night. Um, I doubt they'll do it. Uh, so game three with the Lakers and Nuggets is, is on ABC. Now ESPN, ABC, you know, they're in cahoots, let's say, right? They're the same company, but, you know, obviously all under the Disney umbrella, but I don't know if something that would be competing at that time with each other. I just don't know if they'd be willing to put that kind of money up because that's going to be, you know, a hefty, will, will they invest that much uh, just to get a commercial ran through that? I don't know. Like I said, with the, the game starts at seven thirty, it won't be done till 10. We know the main event usually doesn't come on till later, but I don't know. Uh, let me see like the day of stuff. Uh, what is the fight that? Oh, on uh, on Wilder Fury, the first one. We know the Wilder Fury got two, got a ton, you know, during college football. As far as their, um, you know, national semifinals and all that, um, and and also uh, obviously the Super Bowl, right? That was huge. But I remember their first one, the first Wilder Fury to close out 2018, was on Showtime paper. And CBS did actually show, like, in the perfect time during the SEC championship game, they showed a, an ad for it. I don't, I don't even know if it was they just went to it and it was like a short clip or if they just brought it up. I can't remember. But the thing is, that SEC championship game started and ended before the pay-per-view even started. So that is a little different rather than a competing thing. I don't know. I'm hoping we do see some ESPN uh, coverage as far as during the game tomorrow 
I think tomorrow night it's on ESPN. I believe that game's on ESPN. Usually Fridays are. Correct me if I'm wrong there, though. I don't remember, but we'll see. You know, we'll see. I mean, if Haney is were to beat Lomachenko, we know he's, you know, a free agent. That's pretty huge news for him, you know. Um, and if this thing could make some money and, you know, the break even isn't going to be, you know, even $250,000 or something, or sorry, 250000 pay-per-view. Um, it's just not, you know, I don't know what the break even is exactly. Could it be 150? You know, who knows? I don't really know. But if it could be somewhat successful, make some money, it's going to do anywhere from two to three million at the gate, I believe, live gate, which is a very solid gate. And that's helpful not just with the revenue stream, but proving that, hey, I'm a player here, whoever wins this fight. So if it could somehow do 200000 and I know people are going to laugh at that, but 200000 makes money. 170, 180, whatever. Shit, I think that's what Benavides in, in, in Plant did, and it made money. So we'll see. We'll see. I think it would be pretty big. I don't know where Devin goes. A lot of people think he's just going to go to the matchroom. Some people think that um going to try to – I mean, I'd hope he'd at least try to get a, you know, a sit-down with Al Heyman to sign a deal. Uh, but but maybe they don't want to go that route. I really don't – I don't know. We did hear Javante saying that we're going to contact him after that fight. That's the fight they're looking for. But – you don't know until you know, right? Um, it does seem like 140 starting to heat up with Matchroom, um, especially if they – well, they already have Regis, uh, who we have some news on, by the way. Um, and then if they were to get, you know, Matias, that would be pretty big for him over there. So I don't, I don't know. I mean, meaning if he signed a, a three- or five-fight deal – then at least he could go to 140 and there'd be something there for him. Um, you know, I don't know. Now, there's something there for him technically at 140 at uh, at the PBC. It's just different uh, comparatively, especially if Matias isn't there anymore. But anyway, um, going back to that um, that um, Bakhtirev, Ak- Akhmadev, I think it is, uh, Akhmadov, Akbadov and Kenneth Smith fight, that was a good-ass fight. And just kind of looking through that, I thought Sims came out, um, you know, with a sharp-ass jab, nice combinations, a couple counters, too. Um, and then, to me, Akhmadov won the second and third, even though Sims was busier. I thought um, the body punching, and then the last part with the left hand, just the multiple power shots probably did that. Um, and he was, Akhmedev was starting to get on the inside and landing, you know, or at least closer to him and getting the better of the shots. Um, Sims was still jabbing, countering pretty good off the ropes. Then I, I thought he, he won a couple rounds in a row, the fourth and the fifth. The fourth was probably the most competitive round at this point. Uh, but off those ropes landing really nice hooks and straight right hands. Um, and then, you know, really jabbing, uh, really, really solid jab overall. Uh, overall landed the better shots. 
you did see, uh, you know, uh, Bakhtir, um, is, this, is it Bakhtir? He got his jab going a little bit better, too. So, you know, I basically had it about 3-3 three, three after 6. I did think Akhmadov um, had these, like, kind of rapid-fire combinations, and it, it felt like more and more Sims was getting back to the rope and wasn't able to, to land cleanly as much in the 6th and 7th anyway. Um, like, the 7th round was really close. I thought Akhmadov maybe closed stronger, but there were some heavy shots in the last minute as well um, from Sims. Close round, I gave it the 8th the round to Sims. Gave him the ninth round to the left hand. Uh, just a great round, but the left hand, uh, you know, it could, probably stole the round there. Could have sold the round, uh, in my opinion. Um, then I gave Sims, I think, yeah, I gave Sims the tenth. Uh, he started to stand his ground more, and at times was actually pushing him back, which I thought was pretty interesting. Um, gave twelfth round to Sims as well. The 11th round was really close. Now, there, there was probably like three swing rounds, um, but, it, it, you know, close, close one. Very close. And by the end of the fight, Sims' eye was, you know, pretty badly. Um, Akhmedev landed 331 to 309. He threw some more punches, but they both, you know, I think he threw 101 more punches, 93 to, or 933 to 832. That's a lot of punches. And look at this, 35 and 37% landing. That's freaking nuts, dude. Um, the body punching is where Akhmadov, you could have said, won the fight, 132 to 58 or something like that. And although maybe the, I'd say Sims' jabs were better and more crisp and steady, it wasn't that big of an advantage there. Um, but, you know, 6-6, six, 6-5-1, six, six, Sims, 6-5, you know, either way. I, I could have went either way. I'd have been fine with the draw. I didn't really see 8-4 to four for Sims. It was 114-114, 115-113. That's kind of where I'd line up. Or maybe even 114-113. Um, but 116-112, I, I don't think 8-4 to four either guy. But it was a really spirited fight. Like I said, it's not fight of the year, but man, that was a good, good fight. It's funny, that Omar Juarez and Bartholomew fight, I didn't watch this, this live, right? And I saw a lot of people complaining about it, and when I went to go watch it again, I was like, man, the the first, like, five rounds were good rounds. You know, like, what, what are we talking about? But then, as that fight went on, it, it definitely fell flat on its face. Um, and I think Bartholomew just has that, you know, he just has that right now, that bad name of always in bad fights. This guy sucks. I don't like his style. That type of thing. You know what I mean? Um, but it is what it is. You know what I'm saying? I thought it was, uh, I did think, you know, that it was, you know, I don't know. I thought it was, uh, I thought it went, it did get slow. I have to admit, I did get, I thought it was, Two to two after um, the yeah after four rounds. Um, Juarez, I gave him the third and fourth, whereas I gave Bartholomew um, the first two. Um, not you know it, it just some decent lands early. Then it got going. Um, 
The fifth round, I did give DeWaris. That was a two-way round. That was a fun round. Sixth round, I gave DeWaris ebbs and flows, but both had their moments in that. Um, and I'd say, yeah, that seventh round, I gave to Bartholomew, but that's where there was a lot of feints. The pace of the fight slowed way, way down. Bartholomew in the eighth round, left hooks to the head and body. Probably did good enough there. Um, you had some lead right hands and some decent work by Juarez. And like I said, by the ninth and tenth, I mean, this shit did just, it fell flat out, flat out of space, like I said. It, that shit was just some funny, awkward stuff from Bartholomew in the last, whatever, 10, 15 seconds when the ref held him back and he was, I'm coming at you now. It was just weird. Like, he was like, come to me. Let's fight. It's like, I don't know. It's like, well, throw some punches then, dude. You know, I, I, it was just weird. It was a weird ending to the fight. Juarez landed 101 to 95. So he outlined him 24%, whatever. But Bartholomew won the fight. It is what it is, right? But fucking 98 to 92, there was an 8 to 2 scorecard. I mean, every week, and that's where I'm talking about this corruption thing. Every single fucking weekend, we get a stupid ass card. Sometimes two of them. Um, I'm talking about on the same fight. We get a lot of times we get multiple, at least one just shit card. I thought that was a shitty card. Ninety-five, ninety-five. I would have been fine with um, six-four either guy. The old five-four-one, whatever. Um, you know, it is what it is. Uh, you could make a case that Juarez won that fight. Um, I thought Bartholomew fought better in the last two fights now, but I also understand that those left hook, it doesn't, it's like he's so concerned about bringing his, and same with his jab, he's so concerned about bringing his fucking hand back, which I get fundamentally, I get that, but fucking hey, sometimes like, dude, follow through your punches, man. You've got good hand speed. Make them count, you know? I'm not saying stand there and deliver in war and all that, but it's just, I don't know, man. But, yeah, the first four or five rounds, I'm like, what the fuck were people talking about? It's actually a good fight. I like this fight, uh, you know, considering going in and Bartholomew, whatever. But, man, it did. It, it fell off, man. It fell off. Anyway, um, and then, yeah, the other side of that, um, what was the other fight I was going to talk about? Um, I did think Ruben Villa looked really good in a fight. Um, Jana Beck, yeah. I mean, he froze him. Uh, I mean, that left uppercut froze him, dude. Froze him in the tracks. Followed up with a left hook. Uppercut knocked down. Um, I mean, the, by the the legs were gone. The legs were really gone the second one in the third. Like, the, the shit was, it was just like, what the fuck are you doing, Jack Rich? Like, you're telling him to walk this way on some run DMC Aerosmith, and then you don't even you see his legs are completely gone. It's like, dude, if you're gonna tell the guy to walk someplace, you know, take a little time to look at this fucking guy. He's done, you know. But like I said, Shanabek didn't play with his food, and I'll give him credit. Dude shouldn't have been in the ring, you know, in a title fight. But hey, he he got he didn't play with his food. He got he got out there. Uh, the Maloney Astrolabio, yeah, I mean, um, seven to five, eight to four, I, I, something like that, Maloney. Um, you know, the first couple rounds, uh, shit, I mean, let me 
Yeah, I only gave, I gave, well, I, actually, I did give, give Astro Lobby the second and third. I did have a 2 2 now that I forget. His uppercuts um, were kind of the difference in those rounds, in the lead right hands, I'd say. Um, quick little combos and jab, mostly from Maloney. Uh, uh, but I once the fourth and fifth kicked in, um, I thought Maloney won those. He was busier, landed decent jabs, a few right hands. Um, Astrolabio just wasn't doing enough. I thought the left hook to the head and body, and probably in the second half of that sixth round, just landed the better shots. I did give that to Astrolabio, but I thought um, the seventh, eighth, ninth, uh, really slow tenth round, but I, I gave him the seventh, eighth, ninth. I gave Maloney that. The jabs, the right hands, he was kind of pivoting and circling, fighting smart, left hand to the body, good movement, that type of thing. Looping power punches is kind of Astrolabio in a nutshell. I did give him the uh, the 12 clear. The, the 10th, 11th, they were close rounds. Not much happening there. Maloney outlanded of 143 to 109. 114, 114. Eh. 115, 113, okay. 116, 112, that's what I thought uh, was the better one. Um, Astrolabio threw more, sure, but, you know, by like 140. 40 punches or something, 30 punches, but he only landed 18%. So Maloney, maybe that's he, that's why he didn't look as good, maybe, because that that injury, I don't know. Uh, I didn't think he looked bad, don't get me wrong. But, um, yeah, I already gave my prediction on the Haney-Loma stuff. Um, but Junto Nakatani is on the undercard against Andrew Maloney. Um I like Nakatani a lot. You know, he's a guy that's patient, but he will, speaking of two-punch combos, he, he does punch those kind of two-punch combos, right? Hand speed, power. He's looking to land hard, flush punches. Um, the left hand, you know, it's like, I like how he mixes up the variety. On 90 seconds, by the way, for people that are live streaming, 646. Three eight one four nine nine zero is the number to call. Um, it's going to go a little bit longer before this Laker game starts. I, Laker Nuggets, okay. I understand they won the first game and they're the favorites of the series. But the left hand, whether it's straight or looping, the variety shot that Nakatani puts on his left hand, the right uppercut. Um, I just like this kid a lot, man. Like I said, he's patient. He's coming to you. He's not going to overthrow and, and go crazy volume, but he's he's trying to land hard-ass punches. I mean, seriously. Now that Oscar Valdez, um, you know, fight the rematch, you know, I'm just – I got to admit, I'm probably just, you know – oh, by the way, that uh, James Martinez fight, that was uh, that was a draw, right? I think that was a draw. That was interesting, too. That was a good fight, too. Like I said, Ruben Villa, he had a good performance. Uh, Brian Norman Jr. and Gabriel you know, Flores Jr. wasn't really fighting anybody of note or whatever, you know, that type of thing. But uh, Andrew Maloney, you know, I think he's going to get beat. Will he get knocked out? I don't know. He's never been knocked out. Um, but, you know. I'm not, you know, it's not like he's punchers, so I think he will get stopped, actually. Um, 
But Oscar Valdez and Adam Lopez, it's probably just a good – like I said, if this was a main event in a, in a in more of a stay-busy type fight or, or it's really just like a test-your-injury type fight. That's the way it's described. Um, Lopez did get stopped in the first time around, but what was it, round two or round three, something like that. I think it was round two. Valdez uh, got dropped, you know, so it's not like – he can't do anything, but I just I just feel like it's it's just going to be an action fight. That's what I'm hoping for. Um, we do have Abdul Mason on the undercard, Vargas' son on the undercard, uh, Walsh on the undercard. That's televised. I think the Nakatani Maloney and the Walsh fight is going to be on the ESPN broadcast, and then the undercard. I think there's only kind of random. There's only three fights on the card, on the pay-per-view card. But if you have ESPN Plus, you can watch the other two fights. So it's kind of like five fights, but it'd be cooler if it was just six. But it is what it is. Um, but the fight I'm looking forward to is uh, the Raymond uh, Murataya, Mer- I think it's Murataya, against uh, Nakatila. I think it's Nakatila. That's the guy who, uh, he's got a lot of power. He hasn't really, to be fair, he hasn't really, I mean, uh, I mean, Burchelt, but that's, that's, you could note it, but I mean, Burchelt is way past it by that time, I'd say. That's actually not that long. Well, yeah, it is. It's probably about a year ago, something like that. I should check. Um, so that's what I like about it. You know, it's, it's, it's like, one thing Stevenson said, first of all, he lasted the whole time um, in that fight, but one thing Stevenson said is, like, that dude hits hard, you know? That dude freaking hits hard. And Nakatani did go down, but, he, you know, Stevenson, who's been showing a little bit more aggressiveness and all that, that's for sure, and got some stoppages, wasn't able to do that. So I think it's, you know, so he has experience there. I mean, high-caliber experience. Did he win a bunch of rounds? No, he did. But I that that's I just think that's high, you know, uh, Mertaya, sorry. This is a good fight. He's undefeated. Uh, Galino, uh, Gal, what was it, Galindo, I think it is. I mean, early in that fight, just two months ago, drop with a left took right hand um, combo. And there was more combos after that, putting uh, Mertaya on the rope and stuff like that. So I, I was, uh, I was pretty impressed that it was a good fight for him. Got some adversity, came through it cleanly, and then really started to be able to land big shots, put that dude on the rope, land to the body, land some you know nice hooks and uppercuts, really nice uppercut body shots, so I, I did like what I see. So that's my favorite fight on the undercard portion. I think Mertaya will win. You know, that's uh, that's a good-ass fight, man. I think that's a good-ass fight as far as a learning fight. I know this dude has, like I said, Burchelt is the only guy he fought and all that as far, or not the only guy he fought, the only good win or whatever. But, um, you know, do you put a flyer out on a power puncher? You know, um, plus 195 is the highest I see. I'm on pro boxing odds. That's on bet 
365. I think it's worth it. Now I'm picking, you know, I'm picking the favorite, but I mean, it's not. Once you get anything below plus 200, that's a pretty competitive fight. And by the way, early on, I think the highest for Lomachenko right now, by the way, um, is plus 230, I believe. I think right now FanDuel has had it for 230. I got it a little bit higher. I got it for plus 250 a while back. Um, I think it's worth it. I mean, I don't, I don't see any kind of – I don't see that as being a bad – pick otherwise it's because you don't have to put at 250 or even at 200 230 whatever plus you don't have to really put you know that much money down so but i do think haney will win that fight like i said earlier um nakatani i think will get the stoppage um so will oscar beldez we might get an upset but I, I'm looking forward to that because that kid's got some skill, and I really want to see how he, you know, this last camp, what he, you know, how he, we saw him react to that adversity. How can he not get in the spot again to where he's putting himself in harm's way a little bit and in facing that adversity? You know what I mean? Um, we do have Brick House and Terry Harper. I like Terry Harper in that fight. Of course, we do have Katie Taylor and Chantelle uh, Cameron. Um, oh, when this first opened up, I think it was, I think it was plus one seventy-five or plus one ninety-five. I'll have to check. Uh, it was early on. I got a little money on Cameron too. You know, at some point, Taylor's going to fall off the cliff. She's older. She's been in a ton of wars. I don't think she beat Serrano. Um, I would have. I would have. You know, I, I would have liked to draw on that one, but it is what it is. She fought, I mean, considering how hurt she was, for her to recoup, that was something else. Obviously, coming back to Dublin is a big deal. But, um, now obviously, we did have some really strange uh, cartel items when it comes to that. I know the press hasn't been talking too much about that. Some of the UK press has. Shouts out to you, but... What do we got even right now? A plus 160. I think that's the highest I see uh, camera. Plus 160. That's true. Yeah, plus 160. So right now, FanDuel plus 160. It's not totally out of the realm. You know, not totally out of the realm at all. Someone asked me, what do I think of Floyd Diaz? Yeah, I want to see him develop as a prospect and see where he's at. You know, I don't want to... uh, I don't want to put too much on the kid. Obviously, he had a lot of hype coming in. Yeah, Maloney, someone said they put 350. Yeah, I see BetMGM has plus 350 on Maloney. Yeah, I mean, hey, you know, uh, I would back it up with a knockout uh, personally. But, uh, yeah, it's a a big number. Uh, Maloney's an experienced guy, no doubt. I just think Nakatani's just too explosive, too fast. It's fucking super fast, dude. Real, real fast. And obviously with the power, too. We're not just talking, uh, you know, we're not just talking speed and, and speed alone. Um, so we're going to get to some fight news now, kind of go through some of this stuff. I think that about, I think that wraps up what I wanted to talk about there. Yeah. Um, 
Oh, yeah. So right now, get them while they're hot. Tickets available for that Ortiz Stanonius. That's the San Antonio. Check that out. I think they had the pre-sale yesterday. So that's cool. That's a great fight. And before I get into the fight news, I didn't cover this last week, I don't think, but I keep seeing this. We're going to have a shitty summer or this, you know, showcase summer, mismatch summer, just because some fights got on the, you know, schedule where you're like, eh, whatever. But that shit happens all the time. Look at this last weekend on both networks, by the way. Those weren't great main events, right? Um, But I just don't, I mean, we got a big fight this weekend. Next weekend, there's three fights from the UK. I mean, there's just no way around it. Um, it sucks that usually when that happens here where there's three cards going at once, it's usually kind of like we all kind of know which fight we want to see. Whereas that, it's all over the place next week. That kind of sucks. Like I said, when it happens here, it's usually like, oh, I like that one. I'll, I'll watch that undercard live. I mean, you could watch two or three, you know, screens at once, but as far as what you're going to be focused on, that kind of sucks, whereas a lot of those main events are really interesting next week. But then we have Josh Taylor and Teofima Lopez. We have, uh, oh, by the way, uh, Fulton Inoue, and I just mentioned Ortiz, Stanonius. Like, even if we don't get Krentz, I put Crawford and Spence together. Spence and Crawford. Spence and Thurman's not a shitty fight. I don't care what anybody says. Um, so I just, I, I don't know, dude. Like, really? I mean, I just named four fights that are the, a really good fucking fight. I mean, if you think though we have a shitty summer going on, you know. I mean, right now ESPN has the best schedule. That's just hands down. We'll see what showtime. We, we know some of their schedule. Let's see what else, you know, they can deliver. But in uh, then. I suppose just don't add in some more fights as the summer goes. They're all going to add more fights. Uh, it's mid-May, but I just don't get it, man. This fight next weekend, Taylor Tiafimo, Ortiz Stanonius, and then fucking Bolton in any way, dude? Like, I don't know. That doesn't sound like a shitty summer to me. But, uh, hey, what do I know? Um, you know, a fair amount about boxing, but I'm not going to sit here and, you know, freak out. Oh, by the way, yeah, good call. Um, Angeletti won. Uh, he's now 8-0, I believe, against, uh, what was it, Banquez. That was, uh, was that an eighth round or seventh round? Eighth round uh, stoppage, if I remember correctly. Um, someone sent me this was the worst stoppage from Box Azteca. Yeah, I don't remember what that fight was, but, yeah, that was a shitty stoppage i did see some media folks over in the uk going crazy and we know sometimes their tko stoppages make a lot of sense and they're better than the type of stoppages that uh happen over here in say mexico but you know let's also not forget about the tko stoppages that do happen there um there was someone really going off about that uh you know it's like well dude i don't know man Worst stoppage, I don't fucking know if it was, but it it was bad. That's all that really counts. By the way, um, this one I got earlier from the boxing source. George Campbell signed a multi-fight co-feature promotional deal with Top Rank. They will work uh, with the Bella and Ferocious Promotions. So 
that's a good signing for him and them, I would have to say. Oh, and then, so the opponent, which was just like a whatever, kind of a ranking type guy uh, for um, Regis Progray, is out. He hurt himself, unfortunately. So I guess uh, for Barboza, Arnold Barboza got an offer sent to him or they're going to negotiate it or whatever. Um, Rick, his manager, said if the offer is right on four weeks' notice, we'll 100% you know, entertain this. Uh, actually, um, he said that on Twitter. I forgot who asked him that. But they said they're, that they're in. Um, now, I'll say this. Like, Progray was kind of like, well, we'll see if you use an excuse. You know, Eddie Hearn said on IFL TV that they're going for, you know, Barboza as well. Barboza, excuse me. Um, I don't know. It's kind of like, that's a great fight. But if you're going to turn around and say, well, because he put out a video we just did. And this is where it's a little funky because we can bring out what Jose Ramirez and that type of stuff, the funky stuff they were doing. But then we got to bring up Regis then because he's like, well, don't try to play that promotional game with me. But then, and, you know, he had a contract offered to fight Barbosa's, And it sounds like we had already gotten some news from a variety of sources um, that that was going to be his first fight there and that there was a five-fight deal, a four-fight deal, um, you know. So – this is from the article. Top rank offered a five-fight deal and then a four-fight deal with more money per fight than Matchroom. We already know that. But the deal top rank would have begun the fight later in the summer with was Barboza, which is clearly a better fight than and then than the guy he was going to face, obviously. Uh, then, uh, then it would have included a bout with Jose Ramirez, potentially the winner of Lopez and Taylor. So... It's like you can't really play that, oh, don't, don't, you know, I don't know. It seems like that message has been out there. Everybody heard that message. But Barboza has come back and said his side of it, too, okay, because it is short notice. It's not a week short notice, but it is short notice. This is what he had to say in his own uh, post. I'll put it up. Yeah, I've seen Reggie's little video. Um, you know, like I said, I have to respect for dude, but – Fuck out of here, bro, with that, with that don't hide behind business side of things. You know, when, when you were supposed to be signed with top rank, you know, and that fight was pretty much guaranteed to me once you signed. Once you put pen to paper, that fight was going to get made. And plus all the other 140s that, that were top rank, but you decided to go another route because of business side of things, right? Because it's better for you, right? So don't come at me, dog, with business side of things. Come on, man. Don't do that. that that's I agree with that because it's kind of like, well, hold on, dude, you know. It, it, it's just kind of weird, put it that way. It's a little bit like, okay, Regis, I, I, I was not necessarily just on your side or whatever, but I at least reported it that, you know, talking about the guys that have been offered or weren't, weren't even negotiated and they already turned down stuff. And, you know, I get some of the politics stuff with Ramirez and whatnot, right? But... It's just kind of weird to go to that, but that'd be a great fight. That'd be a much better fight than his last one or the the opponent. Speaking of progress, he was saying last week, if Papa become a world champion tonight, I'm done. That shit was hilarious. 
That shit was hilarious. Now, someone said, okay, War a Week Network, giving it a traditional liberal referee like Tony Weeks uh, the proper respect, uh, he was more likely shaken of that, uh, you know, from that um, morale fight where, you know, that guy had some serious issue. Eh, maybe. Here's another one. Off-balance, dilated eyes in old-looking haggard 40-year-old CTE symptoms fans rather safe than sorry. Not mad at Tony Weeks uh, for the stoppage. Now Bo Borsa can fight another day. I, I, it was a bad stoppage, dude. Um, here was rolled, Cliff rolled, saying, given the investment Showtime makes in the sport, what influence can you exert to keep an official who won't speak Oh, keep an official who won't speak and be accountable off your air to protect consumers. You know better, Cliff. Stop pandering. You know the commission doesn't engage with networks. I mean, if if promoters can't keep the goddamn get the official they want sometimes, because sometimes he gets picked and then they put up and say, oh, I don't want that, or, or say these are the ones we want. And sometimes it happens, sometimes it doesn't. But, yeah, I, I think that's pretty bullshit, too. And I know people are going to be, oh, it's showtime. But it's true, though. So now all of a sudden we get some shit happen in the ring, and, and now it's showtime. Showtime has to be the one that goes to the commission. And, well, I don't want that. I mean, it's just – because the if they have such a strong influence to protect the customer, right, or the consumer, whatever, like – that would mean they'd have a lot of influence, right? So it could go the bad way, too. So you can't just look at it from that way, and that's it. Uh, Adrian Delgado, I say it again, great breakdown of uh, predictions and fights. And just very knowledgeable. Hope to have him on in the future. He's a Devin Haney uh, nutritionist. James Lockwood has played a major role over the last two camps was strategically getting Haney down to 135, then rehydrating properly afterwards. <clears throat> His expertise is key, especially in a matchup where the championship rounds will decide the winner. Yeah, that's, once again, a good take. That's for sure. Um, so then someone said, hopefully executive in charge at Paramount won't use this. Oh, so someone said, Hopefully the executives in charge at Paramount don't use this as the final reason to kill boxing at Showtime. It's like, I doubt the fucking par- – they even – I doubt it, dude. But Roll actually said a few weeks after the biggest show of the year, that seems far-fetched. Yeah, dude. I mean, they just got money off of that fight um, for their budget. There is some other fight news out there. Oh, this is also what Espino says. You don't blame ESPN or Fox for NFL bad calls. You don't blame Turner or ESPN for bad calls, NBA bad calls. You know the network can't influence judges. <clears throat> the fact that you suggest otherwise when you're informed enough to know reality tells me you're clout chasing. Stop it. Um, whatever. Um, had some flashbacks to Rocky Gannon and Dominic Carter yesterday. To date, still stands to me as the worst stoppage in 30 years. I've heard people say that. I've heard people say that. Um, yeah. So, Lomachenko has been talking about, we already talked about 
Haney talking about a dirty fighter, which I I think that's nonsense. I don't know if he's just trying to uh, not get hit on the break or something or whatever and, and let the ref know about it. I don't fucking know. But um, this is from IFL Post. An Ari Boxing response says, Lomachenko has spoken out about the amount of world champions in each division. Do you agree? And that's just pandering, because of course we all fucking want less belts. But Ari made a great point, and that's why I'm bringing it up. Loma, the same guy that asked the WBC, and obviously Bob Arum did too, for the franchise tag when he was, you know, when Haney was the mandatory. It's like, oh, too many, there's too many of them, huh? That's funny. Um, this is Mark Ortega talking about the commission, state athletic commissions. State athletic commissions are like the police unions. <laughs> uh, their first instinct is to project their own rather than do the right thing. There will be no penalty for weeks. It's up to the WBA to order the rematch. Sanctioning bodies uh, should decline weeks for the title as well. You know, we'll see how that goes. <laughs> I don't know about that. Oh, here's what I was saying about some of these uh, some of these folks out here pointing out corruption, but not the overall corruption. So, you know, you're basically saying you got blood on your hands. But as fans, if you want to get technical, then we all do. Um, anybody co-signing the Roley or the Ryan Roley card or um, Roley against anybody for that matter is indirectly supporting corruption in boxing. Dude, what, just watching that fight, both fights, both main events, if you look at title fights and rankings, that opponent, Butler, shouldn't have been in the ring with a quote-unquote champion. We already know, you know, Barbosa shouldn't have been number one ranked, and Rowley should have gotten a fight before he got a title shot. But to sit here and be like, you're supporting corruption. Dude, you just supported corruption. We all have. We all have blood on our hands. He will never talk about Barossa. He will. Uh, Barossa had been a, a mandatory for almost four years. He was winning on all three cards. It's like, why the fuck was he a, a you know mandatory for that long? Anyway, why was he even in that spot? Um, he will very likely never get the opportunity. He was robbed, no, no doubt. Um, yet we're looking at giving you know Roly opportunity millions uh, more something we didn't earn. People die in the sport. We need to do better. Okay, then then call it out. And this is what I said. In that case, supporting the main event, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. I mean, the corruption is all over the place. So you shouldn't be fucking watching it if we're going to say that. Oh, this is Aid Oladipo. He said, Tony Weeks is a disgrace for stopping that. Real questions need to be asked. What the hell is going on? The worst stoppage I can remember in recent times. Basically saying that's the worst shit. We all get it. It's horrible. But as Marco Tega, you know, pointed out, you just worked on a fight card that featured a porn star slapping a girl with a fish at one of the fight week events and two 400-pound men who couldn't keep their arms up in the main event um, and then a illegal elbow that ended the fight. You're talking about, you know, let's get to the bottom of this, you know. Come on. Let's keep it consistent. Now, Paulie Malinaji said that Barrasso fought and won after after finding out his wife died uh, by murder at a WAN. And people kept talking about his age in the Roy fight. 
You never know what a boxer's going through. So is that like a previous fight? Because he didn't win that fight. So it must have been. This is O'Hara Davis, what I was saying earlier. I will not be accepting step-aside money of any amount. Uh, we'll see. We need blood spill uh, to, you know, in its rightful place. I, I kind of like that, actually. I kind of like that. Um, what else we got? What else we got? Oh, this is what I was going to say. Breaking news with the purse bit. That's right. Um, there's no deal for Dubois and Usyk. So the WBA scheduled May 25th in Houston for a purse bid. Uh, you know, they notified the registered promoters. A million-dollar minimum split will be 75-25. Also scheduled for the same bid is Hector Garcia Lamont uh, Roach, 130-pound, uh, you know, uh, Mando. So that's kind of interesting to see, 120,000 minimum. Now, here's the kicker. This is Dan Rivell, by the way. The WBO told me if Dubois is not available due to his knee injury or any other reason, Usyk will be ordered to face the next contender in the rankings, which is Wilder. Uh, this is Boog Williams. The same people that was telling Wilder to step aside uh, to allow A.J. Fury are not telling Dubois to finish his ACL rehab. So Usyk and Wilder can happen. Yeah, that is kind of that is kind of funny, isn't it? That is kind of weird. Um, but you know that's how it goes. That's how it goes. Uh, let's see. Should Stephen Esposito stop paying for any proposed matchup that doesn't include Roly and Barroso Bar- mess consolidate the titles? I mean, everybody should, you know. Consolidate the titles. The WBA has been very inconsistent as far as which weight classes they want to do that, which they don't. Uh, you know, they've allowed some other stuff. I mean, here's an example. I'm really glad that Tim Zhu is staying busy against Ocampo, a, a very solid fighter, right? Very solid fighter. They uh, announced the WBO, so he's going to be interim. Um, the bout uh, – Let's see, it got approved for Zoo. The winner will be ordered uh, to challenge Jermel Charlo by no later than September 30th. So that's cool that that happens, right? So September 30th, got to get that in. And I'm not saying Ocampo doesn't belong there in the top 15 on a ranking, right? But, you know, he wasn't ranked before. Then we hear this fight's going to happen. There was a potential to get him ranked, right, the request was approved, and all of a sudden he was 11. Um, and I think they moved uh, Doza out of there because, you know, now he's the interim champ, so you can't have interim champs in your rankings. Oh, God forbid, you know. Oh, here's Jake Donovan. Also, as promised, I used the allotted time, uh, time allotted at the end of the Nevada Commission hearing for the public comment and asked about the Romero Barrasso and uh, any involved review process. Commission replied that they're forbidden from public response, but we'll take your feedback under advisement. Thank you, Jake. Have a good day. That's what they basically said to him. Shouts out to Jake. Uh, 50 highest paid athletes, Forbes. Uh, in the last year, Canelo Alvarez won 10. 
110 milli in uh, Anthony Joshua, 53 mil. Supposedly, we heard that Andy Ruiz outpriced himself against Wilder. That was what was rumored. Now Fury is the one saying, and this is Fury, um, that he demanded, Andy Ruiz demanded $20 million. I don't know if that's true, but it is what it is. I don't know. Al Bernstein said, with a little help from promoters, boxers, managers, and TV platforms, this could be the best years the 140-pound division has had, uh, ever had, uh, in one of the best times for any division since the light heavies of the 70s, 80s. Yeah, we'll see. We got we got to... You gotta, we gotta see. You gotta see on that one. You know, you can't just uh, give it to them. But hopefully, they, you know, we got a good start. We got a good start. That's for damn sure. Uh, oh, I heard uh, in, I heard at a couple different places actually that um, Loma's guaranteed three million and Devin's four. So that's what I'm talking. If that's true, I don't know if that's true or not. But. Um, that that doesn't take a ton of pay-per-views, so, um, you know, that's not out of hand. This is Eddie Goldman, old schooler. What's up, Eddie? Former MTK boxer and Hutch, Hutch pal Anthony Fitzgerald spotted at a Katie Taylor event. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. And above that, Fred, shout out to Fred, he said, it's Kinahan week, fight week. All the Stooges are in the UK, and Bob, who stated he gave the leader of the drug cartel $8 million by advisory fees, is not declared through legal channels, is still a paragon of the sport. Um, that's probably about it. I think that should do it. Probably nobody even uh, listening too much. Oh, let's go Delgado again, Mr. Delgado. Lomachenko had the upper hand in athleticism skill. The young guns he struggled with all had a combination of size, youth, and athletic ability. Those attributes alone make getting into a rhythm more difficult. Yes, indeed. That, that's that's why I'm really looking forward to this fight. I think that's, like I said, the skill fest. I just, there's just a little tit-for-tack stuff. I like it. I like these type of fights. I'm not saying, you know, every like it's just going to be a wild fight, you know. But um, I like it. I do like it. So, yeah, somebody, that's about it. That's about it. Anyway, I'm going to get out of here. Enjoy the fights this weekend. Hopefully we get a good competitive fight. I'm out. Peace. Once we become the world champion, I believe that 